0: It's time for a bright, colorful island adventure with some familiar kaiju faces, some cartoonish villains, and a brand new monster on this week's episode. This is Kaiju vs. History, and the horror of the deep.
1: Welcome back. This is your garlic butter dipped claw, Patrick. And joining me is a King Kong stand in and a stand up kaiju craftsman, Miles. How are you tonight, Miles? How dare you call me a King Kong stand in? (laughs) I almost stopped. I was like, just King Kong stand. He stands King (laughs) Kong. (laughs) So, you know, we've talked, we've kind of mentioned this movie
0: before, and I know this is one that you're. You're a pretty big fan of.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's one of those original MST3K basically stolen films of of Godzilla that, that made it into the, the 90s era of of that show. And I think that's where I first saw it. And it was probably one of my first Godzilla movies I'd ever seen, either this or versus Megalon, which was also on MST3K.
0: Yeah, I mean this is certainly one that a lot of Americans would have seen Godzilla versus the Sea Monster as it was, I mean you'll you'll tell us in a second. Don't um, you don't you steal my bit. But but no, but that 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 VHS yeah. tape was widely circulated several times when when Godzilla movies were kind of released and re-released uh, made it on sci-fi afternoons, whether it be on like a a local like TBS style broadcasting station or a sci-fi channel. This was definitely one of those movies that No matter what you thought about the quality of this particular Godzilla film, got a lot of got a lot of eyeballs in front of it when it when in well in in the the following decades of its release. So this is this Mm -hmm. I would I would imagine is one that people are pretty familiar with.
1: Yeah, yeah. I've just noticed that you say Ebera and I say Ebera. Which is, yeah, it's a, it's an old habit from being a kid. We've been, well, I mean, we we, <laughs> we do this on most titles and pronunciations. Like you say, well, no, what do I, what do I say? I think I say hey, say, and you say, uh, I say, I think. Hi, say, yeah. And I've heard things. both. Yes. Let's I, call I, the whole thing off. I don't think there's a correct. <laughs> pronunciation outside of like the actual Japanese (laughs) so yeah well like you said before I I, you know stepped on your
0: toes tell us Patrick when it comes to this film what's in the title oh my goodness so much so so much and and before before anything does Frankenstein get involved with the Germans or
1: did they finally not title one of these movies after that that creature Oh, no, you know, for a fact that in West Germany, this movie was called Frankenstein and the Monsters from the Ocean.
0: I did not know that. and I, wish yes. I didn't.
1: <laughs> but in Japan, the original literal Japanese title translates to Godzilla, Ebera Mothra. Great duel in the South Seas. That's fine. And it kind of makes sense, except Mothra does not have a duel. <laughs> Really with uh,
0: Mothra is getting lit, I guess, this entire time, because
1: Mothra is <laughs> a sleepy baby this entire movie. And technically, it's not really Mothra. This is one of Mothra's children. I think we're led to believe that we in their previous incarnation, we saw as a larva. Is one yeah, but that, they, they still call it larger. It is. It is. Yes. Mothra's offspring. But yeah, it's the first time. And I think the last time that we will see the full m- butterfly moth version of, of the Mothra in the Showa era, uh, we're going to see Larva, I think, a couple more times, but I don't think she shows up in, in any of the other ones, but doesn't really show up in this movie, so I don't <laughs> yeah. understand why that's in the top. As you said, Godzilla versus the sea monster is is one of the titles that this film came out under when it was released directly to bypassing theaters to television in 1968 in the U S brought over by the Walter Reed organization. And yeah, very similar, maybe too similar to Godzilla versus the smog monster, which is what uh, another film would be getting. That's, that's the years down the line too, but uh, lots of different titles all over. Ebra Terror of the Deep is the UK title and our international title that we got eventually was Ebra Horror of the Deep, which I'm not a huge fan of because Ebra is not a large part of this movie is the antagonist of the movie, but very little character or backstory of what the monster is in this film. While I've
0: always taken issue with Godzilla versus the sea monster, this is, mm-hmm. it, it's kind of what it is because every horror of the deep makes me think that Godzilla is going to go against some sort of like Lovecraftian creature. Yeah, exactly. Which is something I desperately want.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it is, it is a great monster. We're going to get kind of, Reuses of the suit in other movies, and I don't think we get a lot more Ebra until final wars yeah i th- <laughs> in, I think in actual I think,
0: Godzilla movie i think I think the creature pops up in 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 that and that's about it and and obviously some games, but I need you to read me the the Netherlands title because that one's ha- that one's sending me. <laughs>
1: I, I can't even there's so many international titles because this was a very oh, no. popular it's, one. It is the one I am
0: highlighting right now.
1: <laughs> I can't <laughs> believe this is real, but the the untranslated is Mata Het Vigendi Dracula Monster or Mothra the flying Dracula Monster. What is happening? Is are you okay, <laughs> Netherlands? <laughs> All I know is the flying Dracula monster is a great title,
0: has nothing to do with this movie or Mothra, but that title makes
1: me so happy. It's one of those things, you know, when this movie would come out internationally, they would just go with whatever the most popular kind of thing at the moment was. So maybe Mothra had come out in the Netherlands a few years before and it was very popular. So they decided to go. With that uh, well, as the, speaking of
0: popular films, this was released under two titles in Lebanon. That's that's wild to me. Return of <laughs> Godzilla. OK, fine. And then Return of Gorgo. Hey, Gorgo's back, baby.
1: <laughs> Gorgo is back in India. This was called Ebra and the Dragon. Godzilla is reduced <laughs> to just being called the dragon. Oh. But I'm glad we got Ebra is once again in the the title here. Yeah. If you go on to a uh, wicked Wikizilla or IMDb, and just look at the the titles, or also known as from around the world. There's so many crazy titles for this
0: this movie. So one of the things about this movie and a lot of the eventual Godzilla sequels from specifically this decade for the for I would say like probably sixty five to sixty seven or eight. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, about 67. The original star of this film, as as Patrick would love
1: to tell you, was supposed to be King Kong. Yeah, we we mentioned and- in our King Kong, the animated series episode that Rankin Bass was trying to get the animated movie out before a live action one, which would tie them together. And this was this started out as a working title called Operation Robinson Caruso. And what was the subtitle? I just had it. Oh, I think it was King Kong versus Evera. So o- Operation Robinson Crusoe, King Kong versus Evera. And it was supposed to be King Kong in the place of Godzilla, which we've already had that happen in in a movie with King Kong taking the place of Frankenstein in King Kong versus Godzilla and already had some weird things imposed on king kong because of that like he gets more powerful from electricity and parts of that idea have even trickled over to this movie because in this film godzilla is awoken with electricity <laughs> it, it doesn't power him up or superpower him but I, I just i found it funny it, just, that it just wakes him up there uh, are I, some through threads because in in other movies, that's like one of Godzilla's weaknesses. Is,
0: yeah, I mean, and,
1: and, and there's a there's a, a great great book
0: by oh gosh, John LeMay. well John Lemay called the the it's simply called the Big Book of jo- Japanese Giant Monster Movies: The Lost Films, and it covers mm-hmm. a large portion of unproduced proto versions and straight up lost movies from the kaiju from kaiju cinema, mostly Godzilla and Gamera films. And you come to find out a large section of these movies started off as King Kong films. And, you know, we've mentioned this before and we'll probably mention it again for at least a couple more years, but there are a lot of concepts that started off as King Kong films that just became Godzilla movies. And I mean, me personally, much more thankful for more Godzilla movies than that damn dirty ape.
1: <laughs> well, the Godzilla that we've gotten so far for the most part. I would say with the exception of Astro monster invasion of Astro monster has been a fairly serious character. Whereas this one that is that that ends that, that That ends ends right here. As soon as as he started
0: dancing in Astro monster, you knew (laughs) where Godzilla was going.
1: Well, that, that is one of his least amount of screen times in any of his, his film appearances. And we'll talk about it. This one is his longest screen time in any Godzilla movie thus far and the Godzilla we get is one that is supposed to be King Kong and has King Kong like traits like his being protective of the native infant island star Deo and just taking a nap in a cave (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, dude the, the the image they have of godzilla sleeping in that cave is an entire <laughs> mood that dude isn't just sleeping he is like, like punched sl- over, over like super, rock, yeah he's like that parody of like a slacker kid like like kind of almost falling out of bed like i love everything about sleeping godzilla in this it, movie
1: it makes me rethink it's like maybe he wasn't tricked into the, the volcano at the end of raids again, maybe, or uh, under the ice shelf or whatever it was, maybe he just wanted to take a nap there. And he's like, right. all right, that's fine. Yeah. You can yeah. cover uh, me with ice and rock. Yeah. I'm,
0: I'm good here. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Pack it up. So and but this, this also, you know, indirectly starts the trend of Godzilla becoming more of a hero character.
1: Yes. And yeah,
0: the, I mean, the it fact started that prior, this, but this,
1: this really helps solidify it. A a crazy amount, I would say. I would argue, actually, this is probably, for his character, more influential than almost any of the other Godzilla movies that have come before it. And part of that is because it was written for a heroic character. It was written for a King Kong character who would be helpful to our main characters, helpful to the infant islanders. Probably would have had more connections with them. And yeah is is just in general <laughs> a little goofier <laughs> there's a part where he just kind of like pops a squat and begins to take a nap <laughs> in the movie before he gets attacked again and it's just it's very much a King Kong scene where it's like this monkey can't catch a break <laughs>
0: well and and it's also important that sometimes you know stories get blown out of proportion because you know the story is this started off as a King Kong idea, but the director Jim Fakuda he further and he talked about this saying that you know Godzilla was in the first draft of the, the script that i saw i don't mm-hmm. know what the earlier drafts were like so by the time it was actually going to be made seriously godzilla was in it so yeah. no matter what pitches or intents were going to happen like it just it became a godzilla film and yeah. i know that there was some politics behind it but by the time anyone who of, of any consequence was starting to make the movie it was a Godzilla film. So while we will, we will, we will, we in history itself talk about this initially being a, a King Kong film, that doesn't always mean it was like slated for a King Kong film by the time it got anywhere serious to happening.
1: Well, it its and it isn't because certainly the the stories that have come through of Rankin Bass seeing the script and saying you know there's not enough. Connections to this animated show that we've already got in production, I think those are true, and I think they just they had a script already, and they could just change out the monster and still kind of go forward with with the production. And not having a Shiro Honda able to to do this and go into June Fukuda, I think that's when they brought him in and said, "Okay, now we're doing a Godzilla movie," but. They would go on, of course, Rankin Bass to get their King Kong movie in King Kong Escapes, which will come out the the next year. And that has probably a good deal. More connections to the animated show it has the same villain. Yeah, we talked about it basically being a remake of the show. Uh, th- this one still has some connections. There is a <laughs> a Condor or like Vulture like character in the King Kong animated TV show. And of course, the the real villain of this movie, Miles, is Giant Condor, who just shows up out of nowhere and attacks and, Godzilla. Yeah, and, for and for no roasted. reason. Yeah. Oh,
0: great great scene. Jim Fakuda, who is, uh, I would say, other than Ishiro Honda, probably the most prolific of the Godzilla directors. Well, yeah, um, he's, he's number two in the Showa era. And directs, you know, obviously the creation of one of my favorite monsters in 72 with Godzilla versus Gigan. Mm -hmm. So, I I mean, we will see much more of him, but
1: Fukuda did not have the most wonderful time with this movie. (laughs) Oh, we'll we'll talk about that in the criticisms because he's his own harshest critic. But June Fukuda, we've probably seen his work as he was what we would call second unit but also assistant director under shira honda in 1956's rodan the majority of the 50s he did assistant director work for toho but had been making feature films i think since 1959 or 1960 but this is his first kaiju film he got to helm and while it did feel like he might have been a second choice he got to do the movie the, the way that he wanted to do it. And they brought him back for four more after this. Uh, we're going to see him do son of Godzilla. Like you said, versus Gaigan, but he also did versus Megalon and versus Mechagodzilla and episodes of zone fighter, the TV series zone fighter. Yes.
0: I, <laughs> I have such a good time with this movie. This movie is, it's a pulp adventure story with Kaiju in it. And you can't you can't be more excited. I mean, obviously, invasion of Astro Monster was a blast, and we get you know the beginning of this more personable Godzilla. I guess the best way to put it he's he's <laughs> the, the, he he certainly like isn't just rampaging. He's got a little bit of a personality. He has they're they're able to do a little bit more of his facial expressions, or at least give him facial expressions, and they still doing this one and. I love, I love the way Godzilla looks in these movies because he he looks perpetually put upon and kind of pissed off, but
1: also in like a non-threatening way, like more like a grouch. Yes, he definitely has that. We got that in Invasion of Astro Monster in the, in, in the few scenes that we got to see. He just wakes up on an alien planet in that movie and has to start fighting. <laughs> and, he's, and then he's, start dancing. Yeah, it does have that. That feeling of oh this again (laughs) well like when you when they have his eyes shoot up when he's
0: you know electrified he just looks so upset about being (laughs) awake (laughs) yep and and then you know obviously he comes across um ibra and they start at first it looks like there's there's playing a game they're playing they're playing catch (laughs) <laughs> they're, like, they're, like, they're playing tennis with one another. like They're, just, they're this big my, boulder. They keep hitting back and forth.
1: My wife walked in at that part of the movie as I was watching it. I tried to explain that this is a very serious kaiju film where they're playing table tennis with boulders the, the size of, you know, Mack trucks that 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 part is a little crazy but we we got the almost the exact same scene in King Kong versus Godzilla where they're just <laughs> batting the rocks back and forth at each right. other just kind of a staple of these <laughs> movies now we we haven't talked too much about the plot but in doing so we got to introduce some of these characters and a huge cast a very large cast of of folks including who's our who's our main character Yata yeah yada yada is a like a college student who gets his friends nita and Achino, to go i, I would say well, <laughs> let's use the friend, term friends loosely people he <laughs> met that night is that what i thought he was supposed to have known because he goes up and like seems like he meets them or has met them before the the day i was under the impression that he like they were just like at the to be hanging out. Yeah. Oh, that's that's weird. And then he's like, yeah, let's go look at boats together. And also let's fall asleep on this boat. Because also- when, when
0: they wake up, they're like, oh, yeah, this kid just wants to see a boat or something like they they, mm. they, they talk about him like they maybe don't know him
1: super well. So well, I was on the impression that they weren't like actually friends. I was a little confused by that. It's like, were they Dan d- doing the the dance off to get the boat for yes. him? No, no, no! no. I or he just meet them there because it seemed like he found out about the dance off and went to try and win it. Yeah, but he like showed up like as it was ending. (laughs) Yeah, it's like I'll I'll win this after it's been going on for ten hours. It's like that's not how these work. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a weird beginning. But yeah, we we then are introduced to uh, the amazing Akira Takarada as Yoshimura, who plays at first you. the the yacht owner (laughs) but you find out very quickly (laughs) that he is just a a safe cracking thief on the run and is a really cool character and him and yata i think could have had a very great dynamic between them Mm and i I, I don't think the rest of the movie i i I wish the two other friends had just kind of stayed on the boat because (laughs) they don't get a lot to do and it just muddles up some scenes where there's just five of them, including Dio, the, the infant islander, running around, <laughs> running around the island, getting into James Bond like shenanigans. Yeah, I mean, I, I will say I think everyone
0: in this cast offers a good amount of fun to be had. I think everyone shows up for work. Everyone mm. understood the assignment. And I mean. This, and this is an interesting production because it does seem to kind of be falling into where kind of Gamera was going. We're like, okay, maybe we're, we're, we're skewing a little bit younger. This is a pulp mm-hmm. adventure. It feels like a, a, um, a fun adventure story, maybe geared more towards children. The, even the, though there's not a child in the movie, no, <laughs>
1: not there's not one. But like,
0: it's still an adventure story. And yeah. there's still the, even the monster fights, they feel a little more cartoonish. They're a little oh, more yes. animated and, And I don't know if sometimes it's a bad thing. Sometimes it's a good thing with that. I think that there are some really fun moments, like when they're talking about waking Godzilla up and Yoshimura is like, no, he's going to destroy everything. And then the dude goes, Godzilla wouldn't do that. (laughs) And I'm like, my my note is an expletive, but I'm like, just since freaking when? When would he not do that?
1: (laughs) I mean, he kind of... I, I don't think people would really know that he would was a protector in Astro monster or. Yeah. You know. Which, which the
0: official synopsis notes that he's basically sleeping off after his last com- kind of. <laughs> so like, I, I love that. Like, Oh, Godzilla, who previously fought Ghidorah, is napping. Yeah.
1: needs <laughs> a good year long nap. Yeah. They, they, the four of them get to this Island and find out they're looking for yada's brother they find out they at the infant islanders are being held captive there by the evil red bamboo army which is awesome just a great name for mm-hmm. th- th- these kind of villains these over-the-top saturday morning cartoons villains that really do feel like bad guys out of the king kong cartoon oh
0: yeah i, I also want to rewind a little bit because you know at the the film we get you know Ebra's giant claw coming out. And that, that that Mm -hmm. debut looks great. That whole sea like fairing scene looks fantastic.
1: Yeah. I I think when we do get Ebra framed correctly, the claw, Coming out over like very small boats looks yeah looks great. It's,
0: it's fantastic. It's just when he just pops up in his <laughs> what he's put you, against Godzilla, not so much. when he when he when he pops up in his like lobster broil special look, <laughs> you're just like, oh, well, you know, the 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 you guys try. I, I do appreciate a different kind of monster. I always appreciate a different kind of monster. And and is certainly that, but at the at the end of the day, he is kind of just He's seafood.
1: Ebi in Japanese means shrimp or like prawn. So I always thought he was like more lobster like. He is more. I mean, mm, no, Godzilla he's a, he's a actually breaks off his claw. <laughs> well, I mean, some, in, some, in, in in
0: classic red lobster fashion
1: some shrimp like prawn things can have you know like pincers or claws i guess but no this this is a giant lobster it's like a langostino we'll, we'll split the difference <laughs> but i actually i do like the the design i like that we get another kind of sea creature because people often forget with with some of these showa movies that godzilla is a sea monster as well so we getting to see them fight and have some outer, underwater segments as well really cool in this movie but i i i think the, the best villain in this movie is not ebra it is captain uh ryu played by akihiko harata once more our sarazawa is back and in a an even cooler eye patch how is this possible miles <laughs> i so good as the villain here i i he's phenomenal i am and what's
0: wild is like, if if you didn't know better, which, you know, we don't, we just, you know, did a little bit of research. You'd think that maybe this guy does just have an eye patch. Like maybe he's <laughs> knocked an eye out because, you know, he's you no, he just looks
1: really good at one. Yeah. But
0: no, he's just, he just
1: he's great. Yeah, I think this might be one of his last major roles in, in a Godzilla movie, even though he does show up as kind of cameos like he cameoed in. Rodan he was like a doctor in in I think he pops up uh, at least in the last one well he's in a couple more but not as like a a main villain or main hero kind of character but it is great to see him here I think he does does great as you know kind of a stand-in for I just I also just love the name the red bamboo army is so so cool
0: yeah no it's 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 certainly not bad and I I just I love the. There there is, I mean, like I said before, there's just such a pulpiness to this adventure. Like it it feels like a a yellowed paperback that you would mm-hmm. find at a used bookstore of this like wild adventure these people had. And then there's these weird things of like, why do they think they like I can't remember which which one of his goofy friends automatically assumes that
1: Dio is a cannibal. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, she's a, a native islander. They they gotta eat people, right? Uh, I just don't know.
0: You also course. get some
1: cool scene of like ever like skewering dudes. Mm-hmm. Like just randomly just like, oh yeah, there's, is, it's a very brief scene, but those two fishermen that tried to get away, get obliterated by, by Ebra. And it's one of those things that's, <laughs> we're going to see him in final wars. It doesn't seem like that big of a threat on land, but in the ocean, just popping up out of nowhere and, and clawing your boat in half. It is very, very frightening to, to think about this giant <laughs> prawn coming at you. Played by has a so played know. by Hiroshi uh, Sakita, who we just saw in War of the Gargantuas. And of course, a, a, very few p- other people have been in the Godzilla suits. And this is no exception. Haru Nakajima playing Godzilla here. <laughs> Some of the other casts I, I wanted to highlight is we do not get the peanuts in this movie, even though this is the last outing for the shobu gen until the heisei series until the 90s if you can believe it even though we we are going to get mothra in larval form we're not going to have the little cuties little beauties translating but in this movie is the first and last film appearance of pear bambi the two other japanese singers uh, yuko and yoko okada they're okay. They're fine in this movie. There's yeah. nothing right. They they are not the peanuts, that is certain. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I mean I don't think there's anything wrong with them. They're just they're there. They're well they're not a major part of the story. So I can totally understand them not not, not standing out. So much so much other fun stuff is already in this movie. They also kind of blend into the craziness that's going on on screen. Do you have a, a favorite aspect of the film? Something that worked for you or a favorite mm. scene you wanted to highlight? There's there's a lot of good stuff going on in, in this movie. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I I love Sleeping Godzilla,
0: man. I think he mm-hmm. is an absolute mood. Other than that, I, oh, I, I like I said, I mentioned this before, Godzilla snapping off Ebora's claw and oh. taunting him with it. Yeah, he does both of them, but
1: then he clacks that one together. Yeah, clacks <laughs> it together. Oh like, my. oh my, Godzilla, calm down!
0: <laughs> it's so great. It's so goofy. I I have a massive amount of fun with that. Yeah, he he's just there's a there's a lot of fun. I, I, we didn't even talk about like you know the whole the whole reason that that they're capturing people is to make this dye out right. of uh, a local fruit that only grows on this island that keeps Ibra at
1: bay like he, he mm-hmm. won't attack king kong yeah. likes the red juice and ebra likes a yellow dye <laughs> or at least is repelled <laughs> or, by or it. hates it i forget yeah <laughs> it's one or the other so yeah that makes sense and it's kind of like a an interesting plot point And then it also gives you the secondary subplot of the people who are
0: captured are like, oh, well, let's just let's make a fake phony bat. So when they go out there, they get Mm. smashed, which is exactly what happens.
1: There's there's a lot of plot points in the middle of this movie. That's like, what what are they going to go for eventually? And eventually, of course, the Islanders do escape. But there's so many antics, (laughs) so many antics of the main crew that. It takes so long to find Yada's brother, and then eventually they keep getting captured and (laughs) escaping. Happens a lot in this movie. It's all over the place. I did want to point out that director Jun Fukuda was asked to take Akira Ifakube's score for this movie, but instead brought on his own guy, uh, Masura Sato, in in this movie, and we'll bring him back for a couple more, uh, Son of Godzilla Mecha Mechagodzilla. Very different soundtracks. Mm-hmm. This one, very light. I would say even whimsical in parts. And they do source some prearranged music from from other movies. So it feels kind of like, I mean it sounds more like a regular movie where you'd have soundtracks from from other things come bleeding in but the the score is great i i really enjoy it how different it is i, but,
0: I do too and and i think there's there's a weird 60s I, jazziness that will pop up in godzilla films that mm, yeah i think are usually because of sato mm-hmm. um not doing the same kind of stuff that I- ifukube does and
1: yeah. i i still I wish we had some elements of yeah, you you definitely want
0: a little bit of that. But like, I appreciate the different approach.
1: Yeah, me too. I I do think my favorite scene in the movie is that Condor fight. It's so dumb. It's so quick. I love that he's got his own like entry and comes back in. Although I think it's a different design of the prop i think he comes back as giant eagle in one of the the later showa godzilla movies but daikonduro giant condor gets smacked up and then godzilla rubs his nose in a a super (laughs) human way this is the 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 jumping up and down dance for this Mm -hmm. movie it's an homage to a very popular yuchi tanuma character from the young guy movies in Japan in in, in exactly is called Sir galhad in campus from, from 1961. And it's, you know, kind of like a knowing, like, get out of here. <laughs> I think move. I, I just which, really which, enjoy, which is,
0: is the, the general look that Godzilla
1: has <laughs> in, these, in this era. Yeah. It's, it's like a big, big tough guy kind of move. I don't know if, if this movie was made today, he would definitely be doing the rock wrestling kind of moves or he would do or the, doing, He would be doing the eyebrow. Yeah. You can't see me from what's John his Dino. face. Yeah. He'd be doing that. that. That, that's the kind of equivalent I think of some of these things and Haru Nakajima, I can just see loving adding those little character quirks to, to Godzilla.
0: And he, I mean, obviously he did, but the one thing he, I wouldn't say he hated, but definitely noted to be a challenge was because this was an underwater themed movie. He had to work double. Oh, yeah. He said, I worked overtime until eight o'clock every day. I lived in the water. Generally, in the summer, everybody wants to go in the pool and play. But when it comes to kaiju movies, it's totally different. Most of the scenes they shoot in the water are not in the summer, but in the winter. In the middle of winter, shooting started at nine in the morning, going until noon, and then we take an hour off. But we go from 1 p.m. until about five at night. I need to stay in the water all day in the suit, and shooting took a week for the water scenes. So I would imagine it was fairly unpleasant for him.
1: My goodness, that's that's so crazy. The Disenso Goji suit is the the one that was from Invasion of Astro Monster, which I really enjoy. It's what I, I think of. You. I think when I think of Showa era Godzilla, but mm-hmm. they swapped out. The headpiece from the Moso Goji suit and put it on that for the start of the movie. And then they end with a, another uh, <laughs> suit and use it for some headless shots, I think, in the underwater segments, but had a new head made for later on in the film, which the I believe Japanese fans revised the name of the suit to be called Nakai Goji, which is the one I think we get my favorite scene where he's rubbing his nose and and later on any of the close-ups. So a bunch of different suits used at this point, you know, if a Godzilla suit was falling apart, they would use that for shots where it might catch fire or it might go underwater. And then they would use a new one for some of the more close-up shots, but they really, they, they mess these suits up in, in short order in each of these films. And, into the late 60s, we get to see that th- those suits that I just mentioned absolutely fall apart. Like Literally, you can see things flying off of them, I think, in All Monsters uh, Attack and in some of those later 60s films. Mm-hmm. Talking about the criticism on this movie, I mentioned Jun Fukudo is one of the harshest critics. He gave all of his... Godzilla directed films when, when he talked about it in the 80s and 90s a minus score a a negative score <laughs> and described the experience of of working under producer Tomiyuki Tanaka who who was still producing the the Godzilla movies in, into the the end of the Showa era called the process like pouring two full cups of water into one cup so <laughs> he was just having to deal with all the producer notes and tried to fulfill his own vision and also make a movie that is, you know, what, like today's kind of big budget action films. And it wasn't until people like Goldbraith and, and things like that that interviewed him later on and tried to convince him that they were very beloved <laughs> that he started to come around and he would said he would go back and watch it. Very similar to Ashira Honda. I don't know why these these guys who put so much love and, and craft into their movies <laughs> ended up hating what came out on the, the biggest screen.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it is a little bit of a bummer
1: because they're some of the most fun movies. Oh, yeah. Even Leonard Maltin gave this Godzilla film one of his highest scores for for any of the, the Showa era. Two and a half stars and called it one of the more entertaining entries into the series, and he praised Sato's score, the use of color, which I didn't even mention. I just, I love, love the color in this movie. I love that the the cast, including um, Akira Takarata, is in like a bright yellow jacket the entire film. Just very, yeah. it pops. what didn't even mention uh, Kumi Mizuno plays Dio in the movie as well, and she was. It was supposed to be played by a much younger actress, you know, an actual teenager, but they pulled her out and put in Kumi later on. On Letterbox though, and on IMDb, the scores are pretty low for this movie. I was I was surprised a two point nine,
0: about, about a half,
1: like a, a midway score. Which yeah, well, spoiler warning, I'm I'm rating it higher, a five point five out of 10 on IMDb from user reviews, mind you, and a 2.9 out of five on, on It's
0: about a three to five, which is honestly not an awful score. It's yeah. uh, six, six out of 10. I, I, yeah. I would, I would honestly say it's a pretty fair score. I, we will likely give it a, a higher one, but mm. I'm, I'm more kind of in line with Letterbox. It's, it's certainly not the, the best of Godzilla canon, but it's such a fun entry mm-hmm. that I mean, especially it, it's, it's a very easily rewatchable movie.
1: Yeah, and I I think I think that's a little below uh, two and a half stars out of four for Leonard Maltin's rev- review would be closer to like a, a seven out of ten. I can't do the math in my head, but yeah, the, talking about the legacy for this movie, as we mentioned, Ebra doesn't really come back until 2005, <laughs> but it is one of probably the most widely viewed of these Godzilla movies because it skipped theaters here in the U S it went directly to TV and supposedly <laughs> people assumed the film had entered the public domain in the nineties when MST three MST three K took it on because there wasn't a, a a U.S. copyright for the movie that there was nothing. There's no, godzilla versus sea monster what it was brought over in in the 60s and that's why a couple of different companies went in and and put in the copyright for for the movie how they got it on mst 3 k how they restarted showing it on tv in the 90s under godzilla versus the sea monster but yeah it that ended in a I think the early 2000s, as Toho finally caught wind of it and came in, put in the copyright for both, I believe, Eberahara of the Deep and the Godzilla versus the Sea Monster. So that's why you can't find that MST3K episode anywhere, unfortunately. I don't think they were able to reproduce the DVDs. And yeah, that's when they started printing the the actual kind of Toho approved versions. And we get things like the movie on the criterion collection, which
0: looks fantastic by the way. And the version, I think it's also up on HBO max
1: and Mm -hmm. it's a very, very lovely print. It's one of those things that, that this movie's technical budget was kind of slashed compared to some of the prior ones, but it still holds up because I think the, they do a lot with what they have. Let's, let's just say that Let, let's get into rain this movie. Cause we'll talk about the technical aspects a little mm-hmm. bit more there. I'm sure for enjoyment. I mean, this is what I think of first. If I'm not thinking of <laughs> invasion of Astro monster, I'm thinking of this movie for Shoah era Godzilla, especially 1960s, because this movie just screams sixties, <laughs> the, the colors, the, the, the swing soundtrack, all that. And I bet I could probably watch this movie as much as invasion of Astro monster. I can probably rewatch it as many times. So, and, and like I mentioned, it's the film in the 1960s that has the most screen time for Godzilla. So if you're coming to these kaiju movies to see a giant monster traipsing around on screen, this has almost twice as much screen time as invasion of Astro monster, if you can believe it or not. So yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, It's
0: certainly a very high eight for me. It is. It's a it's just fun. It's a Mm -hmm. super, super fun movie. The transition of Godzilla entering the the hero uh, character. Just I think they chose the exact right adventure because, uh, you know, the the next one, I think, will be a little bit more split when we talk about Godzilla again Mm. and the kind of growing pains of the Showa era after this movie but this one starts off really strong. It's a really good pulp adventure. Godzilla is just delightful. Mm-hmm. He's fun to watch. He has fun fights. He's weird. He's <laughs> he's just so put upon. And I I I love that big Grumpasaurus. <laughs> and I I think that the humans are great. I think the acting's very, very strong. The reason I don't really market higher is for some of the technical aspects. And also there are certain things about it that while it is fun, it's not the most fun Godzilla adventure. Mm. It's not a quintessential Godzilla adventure for me, but it is extremely iconic. Like, I mean, and I give it a high eight. I know we don't do points here, so it's not quite a nine for me, but it's, it's a, it's very, very high up there.
1: Yeah. I, I, I gave it a nine out of 10 which I, th- I think is what I gave Vasion of faster monster as well. If I didn't give that one a 10, they're, they're both great. I think they're both very watchable. This movie doesn't, doesn't really overstay. It's welcome at any point as well. There's not really parts that drag there are parts that get a little repetitive, but for the most part, there's always something fun happening on screen, even though it takes, it does take a full 40 minutes or so. So for them just to find sleeping Godzilla, like not even for them to wake it up i think it's another 10 minutes after after that but very fun movie <laughs> i definitely if i can get my hands on the mst3k version i can i could rewatch this endlessly because there's you know multiple interesting ways to watch it the original japanese is on hbo max is how i did this time and I did not fall asleep. That's that's pretty positive, proof positive that I had a, a good time with it. Uh, like you said, for the technical aspects, I am dinging this a few points. They did well with the budget that they had. They used a couple of composite shots that I think looked as good as any have in a Godzilla movie. The one where Mothra lands and all the, the villagers are running from the island to, to get up to it. thought that looked great. I was like, wow, how do they do it? And it's because they use a very expensive composite shot. Now we do get some very poor blue screened Mothra flying segments as well, which just doesn't have the same kind of technical wizardry on, on display in some of the other movies. And it does, I think list our main man, EJ Subaraya as director of special effects here, but he didn't touch this movie. He like approved kind of like general concepts, but it it went to Sadamasa Arakawa as the main director of special effects. Didn't do a bad job. Just you can tell the budget wasn't there. So I'm giving this one an eight out of 10 for digging at a couple points. Miles. We'll I also back.
0: dinged it, but I dinged it a little more than you did. I dinged it for to a 7 because I I do think that there were several aspects of the the technical side that mm-hmm. didn't always live up. There are some great moments. Like we mentioned the the opens the open water scenario at the beginning of the film with the giant mm. claw coming up looks phenomenal. And then on the flip side you have Ebro with a honestly Again, the budget shows at several points in this movie a, a toy boat that they <laughs> put almost no effort into making look like anything.
1: <laughs> Maybe think of the MST3K joke toy boat, toy boat, toy boy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes, I, I, I agree with you there.
0: There are very few some-
1: miniatures. the The red bamboo base gets fully destructioned by Godzilla in miniature form. It it looks to King scale it doesn't really look to Godzilla scale you know yeah
0: and I mean there there's there are a lot of little moments here and there on the technical side that just kind of because they're so notable it's not that they're even bad it's because they're so noticeable when there are other aspects of the movie that that's not the case mm-hmm. that it it just dings it a little bit more for me mm-hmm.
1: lastly what, what do you think about the evocative nature of this movie we've talked a honestly lot about it
0: nine for mm-hmm. me
1: Yeah, I mean, like you said, this is
0: this is completely evocative of what people think about when they think of a classic CQC's Godzilla film. This is a film that a lot of people saw on Saturday afternoons or an MST 3K. This is I would I would likely imagine this was one of the most widely seen in the memories of a lot of people that grew up watching these monster movies in in the States and And this is one that has a weird reputation to it. I mean, you may not have a lot of, you know, high opinions as we do for this movie, but I would imagine most people know that the title Godzilla versus the sea monster exists, even if they there it's, it's done in an ironic fashion. This is an extremely well-known title. And I think it, it does hit a lot of the classic Godzilla bits and yeah, it's, It gets high marks for me in that in that in that direction.
1: I a lot of people put King Kong versus Godzilla higher on like the the rankings list for Showa era movies. Nah, it's just not (laughs) as it's just not as good. I think Ebra should take that place, even though this was a King Kong movie, potentially first it Godzilla does make it kind of his own. And it's just the, the same thing with last week's Dimension Strikes Again it just feels like a different story, and it feels like one that we hadn't gotten up until this point with Godzilla movies. And I'm happy that we did. And part of the thing that makes it feel so different is, you know, different score, different music, different direction. But I do think of this as probably the most representative of 1960s Godzilla, if I'm not thinking of. Invasion of Astro Monster and him jumping up in the air. I mean, and- there,
0: there, there is that. I mean, we we spoke very highly, of, and there's other movies that are coming along the pipe that are okay. are up there. But in terms of the reach that it had, and there are some other ones that have equal reach. I would I would argue that are coming in the Showa era. Mm-hmm. But I mean, th- this one I think I always feel like this one gets a little slagged on when it is a
1: perfectly fine entertaining pulp hero movie yeah yeah and like you've said for a lot of the early godzilla movies the godzilla that we know doesn't really come about until fairly late in the show era i would say at around this point around the halfway mark of all the films and this is a little bit of the best of both worlds the the budget still isn't completely slashed you can still see a lot of the money up on the screen and you get some great performances you know you get some great performances by not just godzilla mainstays but just toho folks <laughs> that have been around these movies for a while the only thing really missing for me in this equation is a shiro honda but i think this is a great first entry for our new director june fukuda who will go on and make some movies in the Showa era, his own, yeah, absolutely uh, right. So I, I also gave this a nine out of ten. Thought it was really good, really good, evocative film for the series. So I'm, I'm pretty pleased that this is getting such high marks. <laughs> I, yeah, I didn't think this was going to be a, a perfect score in any aspect. And, and going back to rewatch this, I, I was pretty sure I was going to enjoy as much as I had in the past, and. I was surprised maybe I enjoyed it a little bit more because this is the first time I'd watched the Japanese original uh, part of the Criterion collection. I think I'd seen other translations before, but for you, I believe that's going to bring us to an eight. Is that right? No, eight, seven. uh, Yeah, eight and me a a high eight or low nine and our show total to an eight out of 10. Just I'm pretty happy with that. Just over eight, but not past 8.5, which is how we, we do. I think that is, that is pretty right. It still is maybe a little bit lesser than invasion of Astro monster, the previous Godzilla movie, but I think it's up there. you know. Yeah, no, I, I, I think this,
0: this movie doesn't quite always get the love that it should, and this is—it's such a good time, and 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 especially since it's so widely available now. You should, because this was hard to find for a good long while
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, after the VHS era. I I would highly recommend giving it another shot.
1: Yeah, I don't know if it's going to crack our top five of the Showa era. It's definitely in the top. Six or seven, I would say. I, I'm just realizing we rated King Kong versus Godzilla as an eight as well. <laughs> Does, I, I definitely, I, well, uh, I followers. think
0: maybe you waited that one because my score was ah. higher for this one because I don't care as much for King Kong versus Godzilla. <laughs> yes, it
1: was. It was indeed. Uh, that's just the way the cookie crumbles here. I, I mentioned the letterbox reviews here because we have started our own letterboxed account where. From this moment onward, you can see what our watch list is going to be like for the rest of the season. And if we're getting close to the end of the season, like we are right now, we'll start putting the next season's watch list on. So right now we're in the 1960s. Next season will be 1970s stuff. But we'll also start putting up some very short reviews as well as what our show final is. And they use a five star system there but there's half stars so this one for example would be a four star yes oh right that's that's gonna do it for us thank you everyone for listening thanks for checking us out on twitter at kaiju versus history or emailing us with any comments at kaiju versus history at gmail.com going onto our website checking out what we are doing next and I get the honor of introducing what we are doing next time and next week here on the show this week. Very excited as we are moving, <laughs> I think, for the first time, maybe not the last time, from a Toho movie to a Dai a movie, from Godzilla to Gamera in the world of colorful space bats and flying turtles. Join us next week as we tune in for History Versus gamma versus gauss. Bump bump bum bump bump. Bum, bum. Uh-